When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Holy crap, can you believe a guy jumped from outer space? That's basically the thing to talk about on this brand new Geekscape, even though we're also going to be covering some movie reviews, the brand new Arrow CW show, and tons more, including comic books and uh, what's been going on in the world of Geekscape. New York Comic Con, of course, is going on, so we can't not talk about that. But holy shit, the first thing we got to talk about is Felix Baumgartner jumping out of basically outer space. This guy, Felix Baumgartner, is that right? Baumgartner. Baumgartner. Uh, Felix Baumgartner is basically everybody's hero today. I'm recording on Sunday, and tell me that you watched, I mean, you're Geekscapists. You spent Sunday morning watching this guy jump from outer space. There wasn't anything else going on. Even if you were at New York, I mean, we're not at New York Comic Con, and we feel sorry for the people that were, because this was such an Incredible moment. It was amazing watching this. And I think I speak for everybody when... um, Well, let me just lay it down what happened. Uh, This guy went for a Red Bull-sponsored space jump from the stratosphere. This guy jumped to Earth completely by himself. I mean, he had a parachute in his space suit, of course, but he jumped from the stratosphere. This guy, this guy jumped from miles and miles and miles above the ground to the point where the air is so thin that the balloons that was carrying him up there and the carrying the capsule up there stopped rising and then started actually falling back down to earth. And the air was so thin and he was so close to space that when he jumped out, he was almost completely weightless. And what an incredible moment. It took two hours for this balloon to extend to the record-breaking height above the Earth. And then, uh, you know, and they, they spend that two hours going through their checklist, their countdown checklist uh, of, you know, pre-jump uh, criteria, things like uh, removing the oxygen, pressurizing, depressurizing the chamber so that it's equal to the temperature and the pressure outside of the chamber, which is basically space at that point, very little atmosphere. And... Um, the only the only the only complication that I could tell from the pre uh, jump checklist that they were going through was that Felix had um, like so, some some heating in his helmet that wasn't working properly. Uh, he couldn't he couldn't he was getting a lot of moisture and it wasn't it was it, the condensation wasn't working properly and it was a bit unclear for him to see. Um, but it was just incredible. Um, that being said. The guy jumped. We all kind of held our breath when we saw that guy leap. The imagery on this thing and the cameras where they position this thing on the on the on the shuttle and then on um, on uh, it was just incredible. This this capsule, you see the capsule kind of it hit, it hits the point to where there's not enough air for the balloon to rise anymore, and then the thing slowly starts falling back down to earth and at that point he's going to make his leap he opens up the door the door opens when the door opens we're all gasp because he's so far above i mean he's miles and miles and miles above the earth and then <laughs> the tension starts when he puts his little feet outside 
he slides to the edge of the capsule. He starts to detach the things that are holding him to it. He detaches his oxygen, detaches, I mean, there's a little knife he used to cut the, uh, the safety attachments. He gets to the edge of it, and there's that, I mean, we all, everyone who saw this, and if you didn't see this, you have to be YouTubing it immediately. Um, when he shuffles to the edge of the opening, and there's that overhead shot, and all you see is Felix, portion of the capsule, and then Earth, and Earth is way down there. Earth is how we see it in science fiction movies. And he is miles above New Mexico, looking down, and he starts. He said like a prayer, or he said a message to himself. I joked on Twitter that he said, uh, before he leaped, I'm going to get a lot of hot bitches for this one. Um, <laughs> I also said that he should have sh- uh, you know, jumped out while holding a bunch of machine guns, shooting them, but that, that's just me. You know, I, I thought that would have been pretty badass. But um, I think we all collectively gasped when he jumped. Because you just see how small a human being is in comparison to the Earth. And you see how small he is in comparison to the 23, 25 miles that he's about to plummet. And he did it in about seven minutes. That's going fast. This guy was hurtling to Earth. And he picked up some serious speed. I mean, when you first see him... I mean, it looked like he was jumping fast when he jumps out of the, uh, out of the, out of the capsule. Because you, know, you just see him kind of disappear from the shot. And when you see him disappear from the shot, you, you can't help but panic a little bit. Because you've just seen a human being jump out of a capsule miles and miles and miles above the Earth. And then he just disappears into the atmosphere. And that was incredible. The imagery on it, it's something you're going to remember forever. And... Then you get the, the, the cameras on the ground, infrared cameras that are picking up on his body, and you just see him spiraling, like spinning. And it looks like he's out of control, but it's, it's a spin. And, uh, and then he breaks into you know, a Charlie Sheen drop zone style nosedive, right? And he's picking up steam, and he's, I mean, he's going for this world record that was set in 1961. Like, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's already the fastest moving human being headed towards Earth. I mean, that is the fastest moving human being. But um, he wanted to be there. He wanted to be at that speed the longest. And I don't think he achieved that one because the, the parachute, um, whether or not he pulled it or whether or not it had a, its own safety activation, but the parachute caught and uh, delivered him safely to Earth. But, I, I mean, for seven minutes watching this guy free fall, it's just incredible. Like, you're never going to forget something like that. And for science geeks and for, for geeks everywhere, that is just such an incredible moment. I was, I mean, I watched the thing for two hours. And I was, I was, uh, on, uh, I was on um, Skype with our buddy in, in Canada, uh, you know, Derek, who writes for us. And, and we're just like, you, can you believe that we're watching this? 2012, the Mars rover and a guy jumping from space. It's just incredible. How many of you geeks thought about the scene in J.J. Uh, Abrams, uh, you know, the orbit jump in <laughs> J.J. Abrams' Star Trek when they jump on the drill from orbit? I think a couple of us thought about that one. Um, that's what was happening. It was insane. Has science fiction ever felt so close to you? What are the moments when science fiction has just felt that close to you? Um, it's happened a lot in our lives, I think. And um, it w- w- the other thing to think about is that Red Bull sponsored this. You know what I mean? Like, like NASA... And, and space funding has gotten to the point where for any of, the, of, of this kind of study, I mean, this was a study, and they, they did a lot of, I mean, a lot of research is going to come out of this. 
and um, and uh, you know, for for Red Bull to be the one sponsoring that kind of development is uh, is I think a statement on on where things have gone with funding for space exploration and also uh, funding for you know the space program in general and also the, the capitalism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who? Who's going to forget that Red Bull sponsored this event? It's crazy, as big an event that is. Um, the other big event, of course, is New York Comic Con going on right now in New York City. It's actually the first year that we haven't had a Geekscapist reporting on the ground at New York Comic Con. But it's okay, because we've got Sean Madden and Derek kicking ass on the front page of the Geekscape website. They've got tons and tons and tons of news, and you guys should be checking it out on geekscape.net. Uh, one of the things that, that we should be talking about is this new Spider-Man coming to an end at, at issue 700. Dan Slott's been kind of hinting at it for a while, but Amazing Spider-Man's coming to an end at issue 700, and then they're starting a brand new Spider-Man book called Superior Spider-Man. And it's not going to be Peter Parker, is the, the word that we're getting. Peter Parker won't be Spider-Man in this brand new Spider-Man that's coming into Marvel now. Um, and... On top of that, I heard some rumors. Yesterday I had a day. I started yesterday going to play D&D with our friend Satine Phoenix, who was on Geekscape back in January, February. And there was this charity, web celebrity D&D thing that I was asked. I, honestly, the, the whole celebrity D&D thing, it's not like we were Bradley Cooper, all right? Um, but we did get a chance to play some D&D. I, I sat at a table with Bo Ryan and, and Marisha Ray and Sax Carr, who were, of course, friends of mine, and we played some D&D. But I had to leave the game early. Because I shot out to Santa Monica for the LA Podcast Festival, sponsored by the, uh, pretty much put together by the comedy film nerds, uh, Chris Mancini and Graham Elwood, who you guys know because I've been on comedy film nerds, and I love those guys, and they've signed at our booth at Comic-Con. And uh, they put on this LA Podcast Fest, and I hosted Comics on Comics there yesterday, and it's crazy what the lineup was. First off, like when Mark Maron and like the Sklar brothers are on the lineup, and then you've got me... It's a little weird. <laughs> I'm like, fantastic. This is cool. Um, so we hosted Comics on Comics, and here's the Superior Spider-Man rumor that was coming out of there, that Logan is actually the person in the Spider-Man outfit in Superior Spider-Man. I just can't believe that. I don't think he makes a very good Spider-Man. Like, you can believe it when uh, Johnny Storm pitch hits for Spider-Man and steps in for a little bit and acts like Spider-Man. I, I believe it when, like, Daredevil, Matt Murdock, jumps into the Spider-Man outfit and kind of covers for Spider-Man. But Logan... A, Logan's shorter. B, Logan is 270 pounds, as explained to me by Ed Greer yesterday on the panel. He's heavier than Spider-Man. He doesn't look like Peter Parker. He doesn't have the physique. And he's 270 pounds, swinging on those webs. Um, I don't buy it. You know, Spider-Man is fast and acrobatic. I don't think it's Logan. But the cover of issue two that they launched at New York Comic Con has whoever's in that Spider-Man suit kissing... MJ. So, Spider-Man and MJ are getting back together. It's just not necessarily Peter Parker. Who knows? The um, thing that struck me the most about that cover was how just reminiscent it was of Frank Miller. Like, the, the artwork, I mean, whoever drew, I, mean, I don't know the artist who drew that cover, but uh, he's on Frank Miller's jock. He loves Frank Miller. <laughs> From the dress to MJ's hair, it's all Frank Miller. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, there's worse artists you can uh, imitate. And, and aspire to draw like. Um, I am looking forward to the Marvel Now, as I said. I hope you guys enjoyed the Marvel Now uh, AVX wrap-up special that Ian and I did for you guys earlier last week. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It's always fun to talk comics with Ian because the man is just, he's on it. Um, so Superior, Superior Spider-Man, that was cool. 
Um, after Comics on Comics yesterday, I then went to a film screening premiere that I was invited to. It was the L.A. premiere for this movie. Did you guys see Best Worst Movie about Troll 2, the making of Troll 2, the cult of Troll 2? Have you guys seen that documentary? It's called Best Worst Movie. It's really cool. Um, Troll 2 is widely known as the worst movie ever. And there's a documentary made by the kid who was in the movie, now grown up. He made this documentary about the cult and like the, the legacy of Troll 2 called Best Worst Movie. He ended up making a, a, another documentary for, tri- for Chiller. If you guys get Chiller TV, this documentary is actually going to be airing on Chiller on October 28th. And I recommend you guys watch this documentary, especially if you're into Halloween and into haunted houses, because it follows this town in Massachusetts that is abs- that are a lot of the, lot of the people, the homeowners there, put on haunted houses out of their own homes, and they spend a majority of the year putting their family through the preparation for this haunted house. So, obviously, um, there, there's a bit of psychological study, there's a bit of an emotion to putting your family and in, in sacrificing things that your family needs or wants in order to put on the best haunted house for Halloween, and. Uh, this documentary specifically focuses on three families that are all very different and to varying degrees put on a Halloween uh, haunt. You know, so, uh, and they have varying degrees of success too with this thing, but um, they really put everything that they can into making it a crazy Halloween experience for people to come by. And the documentary um, starts like a month out from Halloween and it and it ramps up to... I don't know, the stress involved in kind of trying to get this thing to be the best ever and better than last year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the movie's called The American Scream. I thought it was great. Um, if you guys like these kind of documentaries, this, is, this should be at the top of your list, especially if you have Chiller TV. Watch this thing on uh, the 28th. Um, it's free. It's on Chiller. What do you want to do? So you, you really should watch it. It's probably the coolest thing ever. Um, also... Let's talk about this. Check it out with Dr. Steve Brill. I talked about it on the last podcast, but now it's about to come out. It comes out on Tuesday on DVD, and I think the, the DVD is cheap too. Um, Adult Swim put out this. Check it out with Dr. Steve Brill, the character that he developed on the Tim and Eric show. And uh, I can't stop watching the trailer for it. That's how funny this shit is. We posted a trailer on our Facebook, and uh, I couldn't stop watching the trailer, and this DVD is just going to be worse. So uh, it's got seasons one and two. It comes out on Tuesday. And uh, if you're into, like, crazy, weird, you know, eccentric humor and John C. Riley, uh, there's no reason you shouldn't check this out. It's literally called Check It Out. Seasons 1 and 2, Dr. Steve Rule. Um, you don't believe me? Go Google it. YouTube it. I love that I live in an era where I can say that. Um, there was a rumor going on that I was fired from Comics on Comics. How funny is that? Sax Carr called and said there was a rumor. And I was like, no, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> I showed up yesterday, and I was like, guys, am I hosting this? Did I get fired? And they were like, no, you didn't get fired. It was a rumor. I don't know who started it. I only heard it from one person, so I don't think it was very widespread. <laughs> but, man, geeks talk. Geeks talk. What is up with geeks talking? Remember a couple weeks ago when, uh, when Robert Peterson uh, and I were, t- were joking about Comics on Comics and how the episodes hadn't come up? I'm like, why aren't the episodes up? I-, I really do want you guys to hear these episodes. Uh, the episode we recorded yesterday was awesome. If you, uh, most of you guys can't see Comics on Comics Live. I understand. You want to see these episodes. I want you guys to hear these episodes for sure. It's audio, so the word is here. I, I do want you guys to hear these episodes. I'm very proud of these episodes. I know that 
Juan and Vito, the producers, are very proud of these episodes. Sideshow Network is very proud of these uh, episodes. But um, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Um, they're still working on an agreement between Comics and Comics and Sideshow Network. And I, I don't own the show. I don't own Comics and Comics. I'm just the host. That's for Vito and Juan and Sideshow to work out. So once they have an agreement, they'll release these episodes online. And you guys will be happy because... I'm trying to keep them evergreen when I do the topics, but we'll see. I, I, I think that no matter when they come out, you guys will enjoy them. I'm very proud of them, and you'll, of course, hear about it on Geekscape. So be looking forward to some comics on comics. Other news. This is an exclusive. I think they're going to want to announce it later this week, but I got hired to do another show. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Node. It's a brand new YouTube channel. Uh, it focuses on video games, and it's home to play to people like Freddie Wong, who's amazing. You guys know Freddie Wong because he does his special effects extravaganza, uh, you know, parody videos where he does like Modern Warfare and puts himself in different video games, and uh, and he's been very successful with that. So the Node is is sort of like uh, a video game centric YouTube channel, similar to Machinima, I'm sure, but they brought me into. Uh, see if they wanted me to host this brand new show. I don't think it's a new show. I think I'm replacing somebody, but it's called Pause Play. And it's about DVD and Blu-ray releases. And it's reviews and news and stuff like that about the home video market. And um, Matt Robb and, and Flitz, uh, who I've had Flitz on the show before, and Matt Robb is great. And those guys brought me in, and they thought I'd be good for it. So I read for it. And they, they called me on Friday and said, Hey, Jonathan, we want you to make funny for us. And I was like, Okay, I want to make funny for you. So... I think once a week, I'll be making funny for them. I think that's the schedule. I don't know when it's going to launch. It might launch as early as this week. Of course, we'll have it up on Geekscape.net. It's basically me talking about brand new DVD and Blu-ray releases you should be looking forward to and saying a lot of very immature, stupid jokes in, in between each of those, enduring. So uh, look for it. I, I, I've been wanting to work with Matt and, and Flitz for a while now, and I'm honored that they asked me to do it. Um, they did make me audition, but I would I would make me audition. Uh, so look for that pause play on the node. I'm I'm honored to be the host there. Okay, Arrow. We got to talk about Arrow. CW's Arrow, the adaptation that they've got going on of the Green Arrow comic book from DC. Um, tons of positive stuff about it, and some quibbles. Uh, I think that's generally been the consensus around the web is that everybody's you kind of into it. But for the but there's some stuff that's not really working um, that hopefully they'll they'll iron out. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. Laura watched it once. I was like, oh, whatever. It's not her thing. Uh, it does play very very close to the Christopher Nolan Bruce Wayne. Um, Oliver Queen in this is young. He's rich. He's very much Bruce Wayne, and um, I'd like to see that kind of. Get away from it then, then again. Uh, Oliver Queen is wealthy and, you know, that's he's debonair and he's a bit of a smartass, which they did quite a bit in Arrow, and I like it. Um, we'll see what happens when Arrow actually starts getting some of these villains. You know, a lot of times in these comic book things, uh, you can only have so much interpersonal, interfamily drama, and Arrow does have that, but it, it, it doesn't quite feel like the momentum ever kicks in when it's basically someone trying to refine themselves in the world, like... You know, Clark, how much of Smallville in those first two seasons that I watched at least, how much of Smallville was successful because of his relationship with Lex Luthor? I mean, 
that really was the crux of the show. The the Lana Lang, uh, Lex Luthor, Clark dynamic made that show so 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 interesting to watch. And uh, later seasons, I feel, became successful because you, they really started ramping up the villains, and you started getting things like Doomsday, and you started getting wink winks at the bigger. DC Universe, they started making appearances of different characters from the DC Universe, and that kind of helped fuel it and give it momentum after those initial seasons. But in the early seasons, really that dynamic of the, that kind of almost a love triangle between Lex and Lana and, and Clark were really what made that, that show strong. And uh, Arrow, I feel, has a, has a little bit of time before it really needs to find it, but not a lot of time. And uh, and I'm interesting to see what happens because nobody but Oliver Queen is really jumping off the screen right now, and he's only jumping off the screen because he's very much Bruce Wayne. I want this show to kind of find its own voice, and all I can say, and I think Sean Madden, our writer, agrees with me. Let's see what happens when Deathstroke shows up on screen. We've got Deathstroke. Uh, we've seen a, another image that was released from New York Comic Con on it. There's another sizzle reel that was that's up on the uh, Geekscape.net website that came out of New York Comic Con. Uh, Derek and Sean have been posting away about Arrow. Sean wrote a review, uh, kind of counter to Molly's uh, older review on it. Uh, Molly didn't like it as much as Sean and I did. Sean liked it. Got to tell you, uh, for sure, I'm watching this show until Deathstroke shows up. And then we'll see how the momentum picks up when these villains start kicking in. Um, you know, because nothing else really is quite interesting to me. Yeah, in this show. And I, let's see. Let's see what you guys think. Uh, I, I I kicked Revolution off my DVR. I'm not gonna watch any more of that. It was kind of silly. Wasn't into Revolution, so that one's gone. Um, but Arrow has taken its place, and of course we've got Walking Dead starting up. We've got Walking Dead starting up, and I know I'm very hard on AMC's Walking Dead. But Chris Gore, who was one of my guests on Comics on Comics yesterday, said, "Hey, listen, Jonathan, I've seen the first four episodes of the season, and the first episode is." So much action. The first two are just action, a lot of great stuff, and then the fourth one is very hardcore. You're going to get sick. So that excited me because that is the, the, the hardcore and action are two things that I felt weren't really around in the last Walking Dead season. Um, let's go to the farm, which is what I call the last season. That being said, if you have not been playing, the downloadable episodic Telltale Games, Walking Dead. You're a fool. You are a straight-up fool. If you love video games, if you love zombies, if you love adventure games, if you love just entertainment in general and aren't playing this Telltale Games, Walking Dead episodic series, you're an idiot. Straight-up. Moronic. Do you have a PS3? Great. Get it. Do you have a PC? Great. Get it. Is it available on PC? I hope it is. Otherwise, you're not an idiot. Yet. When it comes out and you don't have it, you're an idiot. Uh, Do you have an Xbox? Fantastic. Get it. If you have any console or computer for which this is released and you do not have it, you are a straight-up buffoon. This is is becoming the shoe-in for me for Game of the Year. It has so many holy shit moments in this game, and it is so much fun to play, and they've done such a great job on it. You don't have to trust me. Scott Amoniana, our writer, agrees. Derek, up in Canada, who's written the, the latest review on episode four, which came out last week, has the review up on the Geekscape.net right now. He agrees you have to be playing this game if you're into video games. It's not expensive. It's episodic, so it's not going to take up a whole lot of your time, like you guys in your Skyrim. 
And again, if you have a video game console and you're not playing this game, you're an idiot. That's all I can say. Don't be an idiot. Play the Walking Dead game. Especially if you've been complaining about Walking Dead and having to wait for AMC's Walking Dead to come back. Well, it's back. But I still recommend playing this game over the TV series. But you know what? You live in America. You li- oh, maybe you don't, but <laughs> you definitely live in a place where you can download Geekscape, so you can do both. Watch the TV show. Play the video game. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm shooting some Doc of the Dead on Thursday. I'm excited about that. But that's got to be secret. I don't know when the trailer is going to be released. I thought the trailer was going to be released. Uh, Alexander wanted to take another stab at the Doc of the Dead trailer. Geekscape's obviously co-producers on the movie. Um, so obviously when the trailer hits, you guys will know about it by checking the Geekscape.net website. I want to tell you guys a little bit more about this movie Holy Motors that I saw, but I still haven't figured the movie out. It's very weird, very French, yet very, very, very... Um, interesting and I haven't figured it out yet so I won't tell you guys about it yet uh, that's Geekscape, Geekscape.net I'm at Jonathan London on Twitter you can always follow Geekscape.net on Twitter uh, search for Geekscape also on Facebook and Twitter search for us and check out Geekscape.net all the time tell your friends to subscribe to the Geekscape podcast tell your friends to like the Facebook page just because you guys are listening to Geekscape doesn't mean you aren't friends or you don't have any I believe that Geekscapists are the most popular, socially adequate geeks that are out there. Knowing that, I believe you guys can do a better job of sharing the Geekscape love with those around you. Telling them to like the Facebook page, follow the Twitter, subscribe to the podcast. That's what I ask. Or else democracy will crumble. A motherfucker jumped out of space today the least you can do is like the geekscape facebook where i told all you guys to watch that how many of you guys were just poking around the internet not even knowing some dude was gonna fucking jump out of space and all of a sudden jonathan told you turn this on dude's gonna jump out of fucking space yeah that's the kind of favor you should be giving your friends and loved ones so tell them to like that page tell them to subscribe to the podcast Do it for democracy. Do it so you don't miss the next time some dude jumps out of space, hopefully blasting machine guns and landing in a pack of wolves and then fighting them because that's the shit I want to see. Love you guys. Peace.